You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Um, I am Zakaria, and I have been joined with uh, Imran Akram, uh, who usually, and you, you're not... Uh, uh, he's not a new voice to the voice of Islam. He's he's a um, he's been presenting in the voice of Islam for for, for a while, I guess. Um, um, and and I've been joined with him. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, Amiran. How are you? In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Yeah, I usually present uh, with another uh, with on on Mondays with uh, Talib Man Sahib. And uh, yeah, it's my first time to uh, present uh, on Tuesday, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, also, you know, Jalsa is approaching, so um, I'm very, you know, uh, very much uh, looking forward to Jalsa as well. Right. The three days. Yeah. So, so what is Jalsa actually? Because um, I think uh, 99% of the people who are, or 99.9% of the people that are listening to us, uh, they don't really know what Jalsa is. But it's actually a the biggest Muslim gathering in, in in the UK, right? Absolutely. So what what is it exactly? I mean, uh, it's an annual convention of mm-hmm. Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, he started uh, this annual convention and uh, he, uh, he writes that, uh, you know, the purpose of this annual convention is so we can enhance our spirituality and we can meet people and have uh, you know uh, meet people and get to know each other so these are the two fundamental uh, you know purpose of this uh, annual convention just Salana. and as you mentioned this is uh, one of the you know biggest muslim gathering yep. uh, which happened yearly so yep. i'm very looking forward to it uh, you can see we are already sitting in uh, you know uh, uk's biggest mosque and you can see the environment around us yeah. everyone is doing duties and you know yeah so uh, the promised messiah is basically the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community right, right? um and uh, so he basically initiated this so that the community members um, could come and uh, uh, together. Uh, right. And it happens in every country that where, where where the community has been established, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they can come together and they can, you know, uh, listen to the spiritual and the religious talks, religious right. speeches, right. and also. You know, we get together so we could pray the five daily prayers, including mm. the um, the voluntary tahajjud prayer that mm. you know we pray even mm. before the first prayer. And the, the sole purpose of it is, of course, as as you said, is to unite the the members of the community. But is it is also a opportunity for those people who live around us, um, or those people who are not familiar to the Ahmadi Muslim community to learn about the Ahmed, the community when mm-hmm. they come and and, and 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 we have actually opened it up this year for anyone who is uh, wanting to come and join the jalsa they they are um they are welcome they can come there is a uh, there will be um arrangement for uh, the accommodation, uh, food is free, accommodation is free. So pretty much everything is Absolutely. is is actually <laughs> made available uh. for free. Uh, but I don't want to deviate. I don't want to Absolutely. deviate the the listeners <laughs> to our actual yeah. topics of this. I mean, this, this hour, right? This is because it's a very you know um, dear dear topic to us. It so is. That's why I just want I don't want to uh, know you know public. 
Mm-hmm. So they were having this annual convention, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, after, you know, uh, since 2019, yeah. uh, we have a f- we're going to have full fledged Jalsa because right. due to the COVID, uh, for the, like past couple of years, we didn't have like full fledged Jalsa. So uh, it's another, I mean, opportunity to gather and yeah. enhance our, uh, you know, spirituality. Spirituality, definitely, definitely. Uh, so the topics of mm-hmm. um, this hour and and the next hour, for those who are familiar to our show, they they know that we usually split the the, the topics mm-hmm. to keep the the interest of the listeners up, uh, so that right. they don't you know get bored of us. Uh, so we we switch the the topics in the second hour, of course. Mm-hmm. So what is the topic for for this hour? Right, I think. Uh, this topic especially the first hour topic is very much uh, you know related to current issue and we're going to talk about in this hour like disruptive disruptive protest mm-hmm. do they work or not and uh, we're having this discussion because you know around the world right now uh, there are so many protests are going on mm-hmm. uh, we can um, previously in France you can see that you know there were a uh, huge protest and then um, uh, we're having in in, in UK like doctors are protesting, nurses, teachers, like everyone is uh, protesting hmm. uh, apart from police. Hmm. And uh, I mean, around the world, um, hmm. you know, uh, people protest and it's a very, uh, I think, necessary and significant issue. Um, uh, uh, like if we talk about, you know, current issues and uh, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, what's Islamic stance on uh, protest. And uh, we're going to explain some of these statistics uh, that do actually protest works or not, mm-hmm. and then in the second hour we will be talking about about the living God, and uh, what are the proof of existence of God. Right. So these are the two main topics we're going to talk right. about. Right. So very interesting topics indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, one is a very 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 f- uh, um, a religious topic, mm-hmm. but also a topic that is related to every single human being. And we will be discussing that in the second hour because the whole purpose, according to Islam, according to the beliefs of Muslim, of our existence is so that we can recognize God Almighty and connect with Him. So that's why we will be discussing about that topic in the next hour. But this hour we will be discussing about protests that, you know, usually what protests should do mm-hmm. if it's done peacefully is make a change right mm-hmm. so usually mm-hmm. when people are in distress in 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 moments where they where they not uh, where they low, lose hope they protest right so right. we will be discussing what the islamic perspective is what our belief is in regards to protest why and how <laughs> it should be done right uh, but then when we look at protest some of them are very violent, which harms, um, you know, the, the, the sentiments and, and, and the properties or the things that belong to people, right, when they go to protesting. Because lots of protests, we see, you know, people damage many things that has nothing to do with, with the protest at all. Right. I mean, you're breaking shops, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. looting shops or mm-hmm. you're looting places. Uh, where people, you know, they they use benefit of it, right? Uh, but what benefit has that to do with, with you know, whatever you m- message you want to uh, convey to the government, true, or to whoever is ruling that country, right? True. So, um, now the question 
This this is um, you know as we are from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, we are always guided by our caliph, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the fifth successor after uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, who is the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He beautifully, you know, answers a question in regards to. Um, protests and someone asked can we participate in peaceful protests mm-hmm. and of course as muslims we are definitely not allowed to participate in any you know protest that has violence in it right True. and beautifully huzur answered that if there is a guarantee mm-hmm. that it will in fact be a peaceful protest and will not turn out to be an act of extremism and causing damage, then there is no harm in participating in it. Beautiful. Right? Mm -hmm. And then he also says that if it is a peaceful protest where there is no vandalism, there is no damage um, which is caused to the government uh, or to the uh, institution of the government and it is in line with the government regulations, then it is permissible and there is no harm in it. Mm -hmm. And in these you know, Western countries where we are living at the moment, the law permits peaceful protesting and gatherings, and so you can take part in them as much as the law permits. Mm-hmm. And additionally, I would say that, you know, if it's peaceful, then you're allowed to, uh, you know, join the protest. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you look towards the Islamic teaching, uh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that, Qubbul Watani min al Iban that the um, love of your country is the part, part, you know, uh, part of your faith. Now, uh, that means that you cannot involve in a protest which will harm your country. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the protests, if we look uh, towards them, uh, regardless if they are, you know, um, peaceful or not, somehow they are affecting the economy, especially, uh, you know, um, and they are either the people, you know, uh, they're economy or, you know, l- let's take a look towards, you know, uh, doctors, the protesting against, you know, uh, uh, that they should uh, get paid better. But if you look towards the, the situation, who are, who is in the, in the danger? The patient. Yep. I mean, they are suffering. But uh, on the other hand, you know, Islam says that uh, one should say what is right and justice should be upheld. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Islam choose a middle way that you should you know, uh, sh- should you know convey your message to the authorities, and at the same time, you should not harm the country. So, uh, in the Holy Quran, establishing, uh, you know, um, I think protest and justice are very much connected. Mm-hmm. So, establishing justice is a fundamental principle in Islam mm-hmm. to encourage that society's peace can be, you know, uh, maintained. So in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty states in the chapter 5, verse 9, O ye who believe, be steadfast in the cause of Allah, bearing witness in equity, and let not a people's enmity incite you to act otherwise than with justice. Be always just, that is, nearer to righteousness, and fear Allah, surely Allah is aware of what you do. So for with you know, uh, for with justice at all levels of society, no one feel 
you know, no one will feel that their rights or their voice has been, you know, undermined. Mm -hmm. So how can we achieve this? And where is the world going on, going, you know, wrong if we see so many protests occurring around the world? So according to this verse, if justice is upheld, people feel that they are heard mm -hmm. and people feel that their due rights are, they having they are, they are you know, um, their due rights are, you know, discharged by the authorities. So they, they do not feel to protest. So mm. I think if justice, um, especially towards the authorities, has been done, then people do not do involve in these kind of protests. Yeah, therefore you need a, a, a leader who is just, right? Yeah, Sometimes right. leaders could make mistakes, but when they know that they're making the mistakes, but they don't want to make any changes to that, then the protest that will happen will be, I mean, people can try, but there won't be any change. So therefore, we need loyal justice, uh, loyal and just uh, leaders who, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. would actually listen to the people and sure. the stresses, right, and why they're actually doing those things. Um, but um, let's talk about protest, the benefits of protest. Mm -hmm. Why... Is there any benefit in protest? I mean, there are pros of cons of everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, so protest brings, you know, socially and economically marginalized group to be, you know, uh, foreground. And protests are not merely, you know, a coalition of the aggrieved, but can be understood as an expression of shared fate. Yep. And uh, protests produce results. And, you know, have protests have been shown to exert influence over politics. So these are the, you know, benefits of the protest. So, but on the other hand, you know, protests have disadvantages too. So what are those? Mm. Some of them are, you know, protests hardly ever achieved their ends. Then protests, you know, alone do not achieve change. You have to, you know, just not buying, just not, you know, uh, doing protests, you can achieve your goals. You have to have you know, certain type of diplomatical, you know, team and you have to talk to the politician and stuff like that. Right. So protests are win-lose, you know, proportions that highlight ideological differences and show discord. So these are the, you know, pros and cons. Right. So um, we have a guest with us who is Eric Schumann, um, a social psychologist researching on social change. Um we would like to invite him and welcome him to um, to our show. Um, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, Eric, could you um, share the outcome of, of your research paper, uh, which is named Does Violence with a Non-Violent Social Movement Help or Hurt the Movement, uh, which is an evident from the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests? Sure. So, yeah, in this research, um, we looked at the effects of uh, living in areas where there are different kinds of protests um, that happened during the Black Lives Matter protests during the summer of 2020. Um, so some areas in the U.S. had no protests at all. Some areas had only completely nonviolent peaceful demonstrations. And some areas had uh, both, you know, completely nonviolent protests and other more radical protests that involved roadblocks and vandalism and violence. Um, and so we were mm -hmm. interested in using this kind of geographic variance in the types of protests to understand um, what were the effects of these different right. um, types of protests. 
Mm-hmm. So we found that people who lived in areas where there were both nonviolent and these more radical violent protests, um, for these people, especially among conservatives, there was an increase in support for the policy demands of Black Lives Matter. So things like uh, police reform and uh, banning chokeholds. Um, mm-hmm. Although this mainly happened for conservatives who are living in more liberal counties, perhaps because in kind of liberal political context, making concessions to the protesters was kind of seen as a viable way to bring the protests and the disruption they were producing to mm-hmm. an end. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, how does collective identity, you know, play a role in shaping the behavior and action of protesters during disruptive protests? So, social psychological research has pretty long observed that what drives our behavior changes a lot depending on the situations that we find ourselves in. So, obviously, when we're in situations where our individual identity is mostly emphasized, we operate based on our kind of personal beliefs and attitudes. But in situations like a protest, especially a more kind of contentious, disruptive one where a collective identity or group identity is really salient, our behavior becomes much more highly influenced by mm-hmm. the norms and emotions of the group that we're with. Right. Um, so during a protest where everyone shares a strong identity, kind of the actions of the other people around us give us information about normal behavior for members of that group. Mm-hmm. And so we start to kind of act in line with those norms that we see being enacted around us. Um, and then protests, especially kind of highly disruptive, contentious ones, usually involve kind of, you know, acting together and moving together in ways that kind of heighten this sense of feeling that you're at one and connected with others, mm-hmm. which has been termed kind of emotional synchrony. Um, and so when we're in this state, kind of the emotions of the people around us are, are very contagious and spread throughout the group and then kind of serve to sync up people's emotional states. And that helps kind of drive uh, their behavior together. Right. right. Sorry, I was reading a stat uh, which says that nonviolent protests are twice as likely to succeed as armed you know, conflict. Is there any specific reasons for that? Yeah, so that, I think that statistic comes from some really great work done by Erica Chenoweth. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the kind of primary mechanism she was looking at there, um, this was mainly studying protests that were kind of aimed at re- achieving some sort of regime change um, or tra- transformational change in the government. Um, and what she found is that um, nonviolent protests are just uh, more likely to mobilize a broader swath of the, the population, so to get more people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and in kind of non uh, societies that don't have some sort of like very strong like ethno uh, national division, this means that eventually, kind of once you get a critical mass of people involved in the protest, also people who have ties to the regime will mm-hmm. have people who are involved in the protest, and this will make it kind of more difficult for the regime to kind of crack down on the protesters, um, right. eventually leading to kind of a toppling of the regime. Fantastic. So, Eric, how does the psychological study of disruptive protest contribute to our understanding of broader social change processes? Yeah, so I think that, like, when we think about this question, it's really important to note that social change is, is a long process. It doesn't happen overnight. And there are kind of many different intermediate steps and goals um, that movements might have kind of along the way of, of trying to achieve social change. And no one type of protest, including disruptive protest, is going to be effective for achieving kind of every goal in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so studying disruptive protests and kind of to identify 
when they're effective on what kind of like goals and outcomes they're most effective can kind of help us understand um, under what circumstances they're kind of an effective protest tactic, tactic to use, which can then kind of inform social movements and other you know, actors who are working for social change about when it's going to be most beneficial and effective for them to use these kinds of more disruptive tactics. Right, right. Eric, uh, last question to you. How do disruptive protests influence public opinion and what are the mechanism through which they create social change? Yeah, so I would say that right now the research literature points to kind of two main effects of disruptive protests on public opinion, which are ways that they can kind of drive processes of social change. So first, um, there's research documenting that disruptive protests can help raise awareness to issues that aren't currently at the top of a social or political agenda uh, by garnering kind of media attention and thus public attention to an issue that's maybe not getting um, the attention that a movement would like it to get. Um, And then second, uh, there's research indicating that disruptive protests can help generate support for the policy changes that are being demanded by the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is because the disruption they produce kind of creates pressure to respond to the protests. It kind of creates this sense of crisis in the sense that something must be done about these protests. We can't simply ignore, it cause they're cre- ignore them because they're creating this, this sense of disruption and kind of getting in the way of people's lives. And so this can motivate people to become willing to kind of mm-hmm. make policy concessions to the protest movement in order to bring that disruption to an end. And research indicates that this is most likely when protests are disruptive but remain nonviolent. So think acts of, of civil disobedience mm-hmm. um, and these kinds of disruptive protests that, that are disruptive but don't cross that line of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they can kind of communicate um, that yes, they're willing to engage in disruption and apply pressure, um, but they don't kind of have harmful or disruptive intentions. They're not trying to attack people that oppose them. Rather, they're just trying to push for some sort of constructive change. Right, right. Thank you so much, uh, Eric, for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure to have Problem. you on the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Bye. So yeah, um, um, very interesting uh, discussion we had with with Eric, um, and uh, very interesting answers indeed. Um, yeah, um, Imran, you were um, you know just mentioning about uh, the disadvantages of um, of protest, yeah. and it seems to be that there are more disadvantages <laughs> of protests than yeah. advantages, right? right. Um, I remember you mentioned that it hardly ever achieves the, the their True. ends. True. Um, why do you think so? Um, why do you think that n- protest uh, doesn't matter if it happens peacefully or non-peacefully? And I believe when it's non-peacefully, of course, you know, no one is going to listen mm-hmm. because you're not really... Uh, giving a positive message you mm-hmm. just you know um you, you're violating uh or you're you're harming uh places or people right mm-hmm. uh, but then w- even if it's done peacefully right why right. do you think that you know most of the time there is no uh, uh, uh there's no good outcome, outcome. of it mm. i think the reason is um if we just talk about the peaceful protest, because in a disruptive protest, they does not go, you know, uh, right mm. at all. But, you know, protest uh, which is peaceful, just 
alone you know uh, doing protest you cannot achieve something you have to have some kind of you know um representative within the politics who can shape their opinion because uh, even if you're doing peaceful um you know protest you're still causing uh, harm to economy hmm. and this is a you know negative uh, negative negative uh, point of, of protesting if you're doing even you're doing a peaceful protest but how how are you affecting it in a negative way i mean i mean i mean if, for example if doctors are protesting right yeah so um, there there's no respl- replacement for the doctors and nurses and teachers well there is yeah of course but they that's because they're bound to come out and then a uh, protest because it's very difficult for them mm-hmm. isn't it right or nurses when they've been i mean uh, I, i understand mean, your point mm-hmm, i understand mm-hmm. your point that people do get affected mm-hmm. when you know uh, very important people come out for example doctors they come right. out the nurses come out and and they protest for a few days right mm-hmm. or even one day uh, it, it can damage so much um but then uh, the 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 they the they have the right to say you know what, what yeah, they want but yes exactly. but i mean there should be a way of doing it properly um for example um previously i read that uh you know uh, they can do like like 20% of doctors are protesting and then 60 or, or 80% are you know doing work their work yeah. so can you you can do in that way but that still burdens the economy and burdens the you know a workplace your right. work environment Right. that's still burden so uh, for example um one of the patient i know um he had to do his uh, operation right. but because of this protest they have the shortages of doctors right. and because of that he couldn't do it the operation and hmm. they postponed his operation for like uh, uh for two months or so so i mean at the end uh, general public is suffering hmm. you know um but obviously s- in some of the sectors you yeah, say yeah okay yeah. so obviously i mean they have as i said they had, there is a benefits and there is a harm uh, as, uh you know harm pros and cons of protesting but you should choose the middle way i mean this yeah. this is the islamic teaching you should convey your message right. you should try to you know um uh you should try to uh, uh you know put politically Uh, you should approach politically as well mm-hmm. and i mean if it's a peaceful protest you can join mm-hmm. you know but then again uh in my opinion there should be another way of doing it mm. okay mm-hmm. okay um just want to remind mm-hmm. the listeners they can always join in with us um at the number 02086877878 uh and also if you want to visit our website that is voice of islam .co.uk and you can also look at our tweets and uh, the, and the things that are, that are happening nowadays uh with Voice of Islam um at Voice of Islam UK and we're pretty much active in all the um uh, social media platforms especially mm-hmm. on Twitter isn't it yeah. right um so, let me ask you what's your opinion on prote- on protest on protest yeah. um i mean uh protest is something which is I can I can say it on behalf of the caliphs of the, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Remember the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community actually allowed mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the community members to um, join the protest uh, during his time, mm. right? 
um, and that was for the favor of the people of Kashmir. Right. 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 So um, His Holiness, at that time, he gave permission, and people did take, yeah. you know, part in it. But I agree with with your point, mm-hmm. is that um, if majority of the people who are prominent in uh, the let's say mm-hmm. uh, the hospital sector, right? Um, and they go into protest that could affect many people's mm-hmm. lives, right? Mm-hmm. So I agree with that, that maybe some people mm-hmm. who would be taking holidays on that day, of course, yeah. I, I think, I guess, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those people can gather and protest on that True. day, right? Uh, so that the people who are in danger of, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very sensitive thing, right? Uh, uh, so, so um, in those sectors, you know, they should do it very, very sensitively, carefully, yeah. and carefully as well. Um, but there are protests that could be done peacefully, mm-hmm. um, um, but then you have to uh, look if there is, if you, you know, if there will be any, if there is a need for that. Right. If there is a need for that. And you can do it positively, and you're not affecting any anyone. Then go for it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I was. I think it's one of the video on YouTube. You know, when you when you see the reels. Yeah. So I was seeing a video. Uh, do you know the, the protests going on? Just stop oil protest. Yeah. You know? uh, I've and seen that <laughs> many, many of them. Yes. <laughs> and they were just blocking the road, and yeah. there was miles of mile line behind them, yeah, yeah. and just be blocking the you know traffic. Yeah. And another occasion, they in ashes, a man just they were playing cricket, and a man just come on the field, and similarly happened in you know Wimbledon tennis. So they're just targeting those high level you know events, and also blocking the streets. Right. So I think this is not the way to you know to uh, to do to do the protest because at the end of the day, you are harming people, you're harming those people uh, who are going to their work, or you're mm. coming back. To, I mean, we just. Wasting other people's time, who who who, yeah. who are doing good for their family or doing for good for their country. I think these kind of situations, right, when people actually do those protests and make other people angry f- hmm. for no reason, hmm. right? Even if, let's say, uh, th- there is a line of cars waiting for right. them to leave and, and clear the street, hmm. even if there were few people who were actually. In favor of these people, right. of the oil protest, yeah, yeah. even they will be, I will be against them. Will yeah. get against them, yeah, right? So I don't think it's a good thing to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe there are many people who you know are in favor of um, going to electric, mm. right? But that doesn't mean that you affect every single person because not just cars with non-electric cars get affected, but also electric cars, <laughs> right? So you see. Uh, You know, when you're not disturbing others and you do it peacefully, but you are giving the message, right? It's not that no one is hearing you. Okay, people will hear you. Then, you know, it will make a change. But if you are actually making people angry, uh-huh. right, it won't give a good outcome, True. I guess. I mean, another example is that uh, you know, uh, vegans they believe that you should not. Um, Yeah. Eat uh, meat or anything hmm. uh, which is related to animals, you know, yeah. uh, the skin or so, yeah. leather stuff like that. And I was seeing that one of the, they were doing protest in front of the one of the you know one of the restaurant right. uh, where they serve meat, and they were you know uh, I would say 
people are having their meal and they will you know come and just protesting in front of them yeah. so i think if you want to do protest that, that's fine but when other people are enjoying having their meal and you shouldn't come and you know just stick your poster in front of their face yeah yeah, yeah. there's that. basically there's a guy who is the owner of a restaurant right mm-hmm. and uh, he used to get vegan uh clients as well right. so he had an option of you know vegan and and veget- vegetarian food and and also meat as well now this guy then banned a vegan Okay. Um, uh, clients mm-hmm. and then he had an interview right so in his interview it said that look these th- those who come right mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any problem with vegans or vegetarians okay they can come there's nothing wrong with it um, but they used to cause problems you know they used to order they used to make videos and they used to post it online this that and this really affected his business right and then from there on he basically you mm-hmm. know So you see these kind of things wouldn't really help you make people angry mm-hmm. and just sensible people who look and who, you know sometimes they are e- even in in favor of let's say veganism or vegetarian right, right. even when sensible people see other people being affected True. because they just simply are disturbing them for no reason right right what was the co- what was what was you know the person who is giving facilities to vegetarians vegans and those people who love uh, meat yeah, what was his fault why yeah. were you disturbing him yeah. he was also giving you food mm-hmm. i mean he had options for you as well so what is the you see <laughs> you know people with with sense they will even get depressed and mm-hmm. they would say that you know whatever people with any issue is doing right <laughs> uh, the, the protest mm. whatever they're doing mm. it's 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 not good True. right any sensible person would do that you know would, would think like that mm. but um as as muslims mm. right what does islam say about protest uh, and especially when it comes to injustice because protest happen most uh, of the time because of injustices right true, true. the ba- basic you know they say that uh, justice is the key to peace mm. right uh, most of the protests happen when people feel that they are unheard or they are uh, or um, justice is not upheld yeah so while islam is you know is no way support oppressive rulers mm-hmm. it also requires the general public to not cause harm or damage to the country Therefore if any protest activity take place in which physical or economic damage is caused the protest must be considered wrong this is islam's view yeah it is right? islamic view mm-hmm. so uh, in his you know address at the military headquarters in Koblenz Germany 2012 the head of worldwide ahmadiyya muslim community stated in certain third world countries the protesters vandalize or damage possessions and you know um properties belonging either to the state or to uh, private citizens now though they may claim to be acting out of love the truth is that such act have nothing to do with loyalty or love for the nation it should be remembered that even where protesters or you know protest or strikes are conducted peacefully without recourse or criminal damage damage or violence it still can have a very negative effect this is because even peaceful protests often result in a loss of millions to the economy of the nation under no circumstances can such behavior 
be considered to be an example of loyalty to the nation. Right. So this is His Holiness' address uh, to the military headquarters uh, in Koblenz, Germany, 2012. And uh, as we were you know, uh, talking previously, that if it is harming the country and it is, if it is disruptive, then Islam does not allow to engage in that protest. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Islam also believes that uh, loyalty to one's country is sure. uh, a part of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that you agree with every decision is, which is you know, made by yeah, the yes. government, mm-hmm. um, that you agree with that. True. If it's anything against the um, law of God mm-hmm. or the Holy Quran, then we don't agree with that, but True. we don't, you know, fight against it mm. because you know that this decision made by the leader of the country, you know, it wouldn't make any, it, you know, unless that leader is a just leader, mm-hmm. then, you know, that leader would listen to uh, to the people of faith, especially Islam, right? True. But then if there is an oppression happening by the leader of the country, then and and it's it becomes very difficult for faithful people or people with faith to stay in that country it's better for you to migrate mm-hmm. go somewhere else and live st- live there instead of staying there and then being oppressed but also try to you know protest against it because you know that if it was a you know um a just leader he would have not make made that certain rule anyways against mm-hmm. any religion mm-hmm. right, in any religion right so right. there are um so there are um leaders who give the rights of of people of faith of of different people of it doesn't matter if they belong to a faith mm-hmm. or not they give the right of uh you know you can say freedom of expression mm. but then sometimes in order to um, express freedom or, or when you give freedom of expression, right. you have to also look at what the outcome will be. So there sure. should be limitations to freedom of expression sure. because when you express your, your, your speech or your, your feelings about a certain group of people, and you go and say whatever you want, but you're hurting someone's sentiments, it's not really considered to be a freedom of speech that will uh, eventually lead to peace. No. If it causes to disruption, if it causes to hate amongst the community members, then that certain thing is called you know, I, I, I wouldn't say freedom of speech Absolutely. for peace, but freedom of speech for to preach hatred, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a there's one thing is called hate speech, yeah. and there's one called is called you know uh, freedom of speech. Yep. There's totally two different things, mm. and sometimes people mix both of these things to each other. Yep. And when uh, we say that this is not a freedom of speech, but it's a hate speech, they yeah. said that their right of um, free speech in danger. But actually, what they are doing is they are doing hate speech. Yeah, they, they are. are. They are, you know, um, uh, when you say they're slaughtering, uh, you know, millions of uh, people's, you know, uh, sentiments towards a, you know, certain individual or a certain thing. Yeah. So uh, we should not, uh, you know, mix these two two things. Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to speak 
you're allowed to, you have you have uh, freedom of expression but at the same time you're not allowed to you know hate speech if someone says uh, or you curse your mother and father and say that i have a freedom of speech yeah that's actually not a freedom of speech that's hate speech that's hate speech isn't yeah. it so these are the things that mm. you know uh when when they when governments allow freedom mm-hmm. of speech they should have this in mind mm-hmm. right but True. what what i mean um so there are a lot of things right so mm-hmm. protests when we, when it comes to protests one of right. the latest protests is in 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 paris in france isn't right. it right. uh no especially in france right. um so you know that in in tuesday morning the 27 uh, 27th of june i believe yeah. um a uh, arabian descent um nahel marzouk mm-hmm. um was shot in his head right by oh, a french is. police mm-hmm. uh in nanterre i think um, okay. i hope i'm pronouncing it properly um so and and there is even a video evidence of what occurred so it's not just something which is said by the, the family members or the friends mm-hmm. but there's also a video record of that now the thing is that technology is also destroying us our family bonds etc etc but it is also protecting people at, you know in in one sense mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but if the nation doesn't do anything even though you give evidence to you know the killing True. through a phone mm-hmm. then i believe that a leader of the nation is is the worst you know leader mm-hmm. of you know the entire uh, you know leadership of the world right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you see that there is an evidence in front of you right that person who has persecuted someone who has killed someone unjustly should be you know dealt properly mm-hmm. and if that is not done then there will never be justice in that country there will never be peace there will Australia. never be mm-hmm. peace in that country so mm-hmm. so you know what happens is you know they have a video evidence of what occurred that seems to contradict the initial narrative of the police regarding what occurred so the police would say something else hmm but the video say something else yeah would show you what the truth is okay right and then when no action is taken mm-hmm. then people become depressed mm-hmm. and this is what happened i i believe but that doesn't mean that uh, you know you see that in in France many people went into violence mm. or into protest that is fine but there are so much violence in it mm. many people have been killed um but there is still no change yeah mm. right? right we haven't seen many changes and the police will probably stay the same right right yeah. why probably because the leader they don't want them to change mm. they want the racism to remain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so in that case there is literally no hope for the country right sure. but yeah. if they take heed and they change um you know whatever happened and uh, the, the the lead of the country they become just and punish the police officer whoever caused this and whoever killed it killed the the, the young man unjustly then there will be hope of the hmm. country uh the members of the country isn't it so this violence is the work you know and 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 what they said 
is also very um, a negative v- viewpoint of, of 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 against the Muslims, right? True. You know, they, they they said that the violence is the work of Muslim immigrants and refugees, and that it should be taken as evidence as Muslims would riot and loot, since that is what their religion teaches. Wow. God forbid. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but what what does Islam teach us? You know, no, as as we you know, uh, as we discussed previously, Islam understand that in the face of grave injustice, hmm. there might be a you know natural urge to speak out against it. Yeah. Now, indeed, this must also be done. So, in a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said that the best fighting, the best jihad, is the path. Uh, in the path of Allah is to speak a word of justice to an oppressive ruler. So indeed, you know, Islam does not you know, require silence in the face of oppression. Rather, a helpful and persuasive conversation should be encouraged. So a golden principle taught by the founder of Ahmadiyya Muslim community was that under all circumstances, one must have, you know, loyal one must show loyalty or one must have loyalty and love for his country and uh, a person's vote should be cast with the betterment of the nation in mind therefore a person we must always remain obedient to Allah to the prophets and to the ruler of our nation this is the same teaching given in the holy quran hence even where a country you know permit strikes or protests to take place they should only be conducted to the extent where they do not harm or cause damage to the nation or to the economy and islam teaches that the right to vote is a great and powerful right that we hold in our hands and therefore we must you know we should seek to change our country for the better through this legal peaceful and helpful manner rather than seeking to cause damage or inconvenience for the public now right. this is the islamic stance on on the you know on the protests especially yeah. so you are allowed uh, to protest in a way that you should record uh, whatever you, you know you should record and you should have a dialogue with the authorities and should you know say what is right but at the same time you should not be involved in any way uh where uh, you know you are harming your country or you harming uh, you know normal people or you causing damage to the economy or con- cause damage to the people mm. layman so this is the middle way i would say yeah so you know whatever islam teaches whatever they say about islam and muslims is totally different absolutely uh totally a lie mm. right and they don't see mm-hmm. that not just muslims have been involved in the rights but many other faiths yeah. uh, people of faith have but th- that's because they were depressed mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. saw the injustices happening mm-hmm. and yes it was happening against muslims mainly uh, against um, you know um, immigrants maybe right mm-hmm. but you know everyone came out to protest but as usual <laughs> as we know this is nothing new the the media always presents the worst of the worst mm. people muslims mm. but when they speak to a muslim mm. when they you know uh, tell a muslim scholar or someone who has read the quran that what does the quran say what does islam say they would find the most peaceful message in the holy quran yeah. right. right and the most 
you know, peaceful message you could find in any literature or any spiritual book or any book that is being given by God Almighty, they'll find it in the Holy Quran. And as you just said, that yes, if there is a need for change, then the protest could sh- should happen or could happen peacefully, but there shouldn't be any damage done to the government uh, or to the people mm-hmm. um, at all, right? True. So this is what Islam teaches us. And the reason why we speak in this radio is so that we can bring the true teachings of mm-hmm. Islam. Mm-hmm. So the misconceptions that people have about Islam, that can be eradicated, that you know the misconceptions go away and, mm-hmm. and we will bridge us through that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because at at the end of the day, we all are, you know, uh, you can say one nation or y- you can say one creation of the Almighty. Mm-hmm. And the Almighty has not distinguished us, said that, okay, I am for the people of Europe or I am for the people of Africa or I am for the people of... He's for the whole mankind. And similarly, the teaching that he gave us as the last teaching, he gave it through Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. And he also said, mm-hmm. he himself said that I came for the whole mankind. Mm-hmm. So our task is in order to build bridges, in order to um, establish peace throughout the whole mankind is to give the message of Islam. Okay. I mean, uh, you mentioned that, you know, Islam presents the beautiful teaching. Yeah. Now, one of the teaching of Islam is to be just to the, uh, to even uh, with your enemies. Yeah. Now, it is very easy to say that l- I love your enemy. Yeah. Everyone can say that I love you, my enemy. Yeah. But to be just to your enemy is a whole different thing. Yeah. I mean, this is the teaching of Islam. And when you are just to your enemies, then you can only establish the peace. Otherwise, in society, you cannot establish peace. So justice is is the you know cornerstone, you can say, yeah. of, of peace. And if justice is done, is peop- if people feel that they are heard, their due rights are discharged, and uh, uh, their, uh, you know, their, uh, I would say, uh, their basic needs uh, are met uh, by the authorities, then they do not do you know, protest, less likely to do protest. So Islam tackled this issue in this way, that you know you should choose a just leader, yeah. and then the leader's responsibility is to, uh, you know, uh, to, to deal uh, people with, with fairness, yeah. with equality, and with justice. Yeah. That's how you can f- solve this problem. You know, um, as you know, recently mm. protests have been happening around the world. First, it started with Muslims mm. around the world. They protested against the burnings of of, of the Quran in Sweden. Right. Right. <coughs> and then afterwards, uh, you know, you've seen you know some people, some radical people who have hate for people mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. especially people of faith against Muslims. They have been burning the Qur'an where they know that burning the Qur'an wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. because the Qur'an is literally in the hearts of the people. Right. You know, 
you can say millions of people have memorized the Quran, so you can you wouldn't do any any effect, and you know thousands and millions of Qurans have are been printed, apps have been built, so this they wouldn't do anything. But you're playing with the sentiments and 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 the feelings of, of but that wouldn't change people to leave Islam at all. True. What that would do is people would go and. And, and read those people who are curious who you know would say that why is he even burning the Quran why is it what was the necessary of that what what that will do is make peer, people curious and make people read the Quran and when they read it they will see that how peaceful it is that the tensions or the the, the things that they were looking for to have a peaceful life mm-hmm. right they will find it in the Holy Quran True. so the burnings of the Quran wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. and what happened is the burning of the Quran, because uh, first of all they allowed for uh, freedom of speech, you can mm-hmm. say, and and freedom of um, their expression. And the Swedish authorities they allowed they permitted the burnings of religious scriptures. Mm-hmm. So of course, uh, fanatics and and people who go against religion, mm-hmm. they, they will go first of all against Islam. So they started burning. And the, the scriptures, the Quranic scriptures, and there was a Muslim person. I believe he's from a um, Arab descent as well. He gathered people, news anchors as well. You know, some some and 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 he he stood, and he stood with a Bible, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, when everyone was there, he and he had a lighter in his pocket and and the Bible in his hands. He said, I gathered you people not to burn this book. No, I gathered you people to think that, look, whatever you know, people who have hate against other people uh-huh. are doing, especially against Muslims, how wrong they are. Even if we are hurt because of their actions, mm-hmm. we don't do the same thing. Yeah. We're not the same level. Mm-hmm. Our book is very holy to us, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we will start burning other people's fates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we books. start mm-hmm. uh, burning other people's holy books. No, mm-hmm. this is not our thing, mm-hmm. because Islam is such a religion that non- not only has respected its own religion, but has given respect and love for the other religions mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Because in the Holy Quran, you. You see that, you know, God Almighty even has said that when you're not unsure about the other prophets Mm -hmm. or their faiths or even the history of religion overall, right, Mm -hmm. then go and look and and read the previous books. And Islam has actually given respect to every single prophet and their and the, the, the scriptures as well. I and mean, the, uh, and I mean things. Yeah. yeah, true. I mean, um, you know, we cannot become a true Muslim unless we believe in all of the prophets and the you know books, because uh, that is the very basic thing hmm. uh, in the, in the Holy Quran, where Holy Quran said that uh, you know believe what is revealed on the Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah and also which was revealed previously on the prophets. So that is why, you know, we cannot, as you mentioned, we cannot um, uh, go same level uh, as, as uh, you know, they are. But I would like to read, uh, a, uh, you know, a, um, 
of his holiness uh, couplet uh, in which he says in sweden and in other countries people have been given completely free reign to say whatever they wish against islam in the name of freedom of expression uh, freedom of expression now uh, under this pretext they are you know cruelly toying with the sentiments of muslim through vengeful acts that cause deep distrust to muslim and their actions are cruel and uh, abhorrent and whereby they defile the holy quran or use vulgar words about the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him in this regard muslim governments are also to blame for the dire situation that muslim find themselves in because it is their uh, you know disunity which has allowed the anti-islam power to act in these vile ways so i would say that uh, muslim leader also take care and also unite so uh, you know the, the, the people who want to incite the hate they're not succeeded yeah definitely i mean the reason why there is no unity or people have the courage to say things against islam is because there is no unity mm-hmm. but we'll be back after the news you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and peace and blessings of allah be upon you uh, upon you all uh, welcome back to the drive time show in the second hour as we promised we will be discussing about a very very interesting topic um which is the topic of um Allah God Yahweh um you know so it's it's, it's the topic of does he really exist mm-hmm. right so a very very interesting interesting topic, topic yeah, of course yeah, yeah. so Why do we why is there a need for 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 us to talk about his existence do you think I mean uh, because of uh, you know um the increase in atheism especially you know I was reading an article that uh, in our Christianity uh, is in uh, like uh, atheists actually are in minority in England okay so is there in uh, increasing number uh, so <clears throat> Now Christianity is in in minority in England. Christianity or atheism. Christianity's minority and atheism is increasing. Okay. So it's say so um it's it's happened first time in history. Mm-hmm. So you can see that you know uh, more and more people I'm not sure what the reason is but it could be uh, <clears throat> because the religion is not explained to the people properly. Okay. Or maybe the religion have a certain kind of ideas mm-hmm. uh which is against the logic and which is against the norms mm-hmm. like christianity has we believe mm-hmm. like they believe that god has a son and stuff like that right. and uh, you know their salvation lies uh, because jesus died on the cross stuff like that so if if a normal person thinks about these uh, concept they are totally against the common logic you yeah. know like trinity and stuff like that right. so because of that you know people think that Uh, god forbid that religion is a fake or it's a kind of cult so i think one of the reason people are you know leaving the faith is because they they feel that the religion is not uh, something uh, which is true or uh, some of their uh, the religious ideology is wrong i think um <coughs> uh, when people um try to ponder upon the words of their scripture Mm-hmm. or the scripture they believe in and when they see contradictions in mm-hmm. it right mm-hmm. and when they see that 
if it is from God, then this, it should be from, um, it should be uh, for the nature. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't go against the nature. Uh, also, it shouldn't go against uh, the science, right? When they see that, for example, you mentioned, right, the, that about Jesus and, and the belief, right? Mm. And, and it's not something which I am saying from myself, but it's in the scripture, right? right. Which is, uh, for example, uh, the belief of the death of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And whereas Muslims, and especially Ahmadi Muslims, we believe that he was not crucified, but God Almighty saved him because he would never ever want his beloved prophet to be called by the followers of Jesus mm. or who were supposed to follow him or the followers of the previous prophets that came before Jesus mm-hmm. for them to curse Jesus, God forbid, mm-hmm. because they thought that you know they killed him. Right. Whereas when the, the Bible says someone who dies on the tree or the cross or the pole is a person cursed from God, right? So lots of things that contradicts the the sentiment, you know, it's just, just the, the respect of a prophet, right? Mm-hmm. Just loses when there are contradictions in the Bible. Right. When, and mm-hmm. what sign, uh, what's, uh, you know, someone is saying that Jesus died on the cross for the mistakes or the sins of humanity, right? So if you believe in the death of Jesus, that he died a cursed death, according to the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, then that means that your sins are forgiven. So you have a ticket to do whatever you want Absolutely. because your sins are forgiven. You believe that Jesus was a prophet of God and he died on the cross, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, if a, 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 a person who thinks logically would think, why would, you know, he die for the sins of, you know, let's say a Christian rapist, a Christian uh, murderer, mm-hmm. or, or a Christian, you know, abuser of his wife, right? Why would that do that? I mean, why would God be so unjust? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Uh, so these are the things that people, mm-hmm. when when they start thinking, right, mm-hmm. that they would say, no, there is, there is a flaw. Flaw. But that doesn't mean, and and again, as I said, mm-hmm. God is the God for all the prophets and the whole mankind. Mm-hmm. That means Islam is a religion that not only protects the the uh, the 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 uh, the truthfulness of Prophet Muhammad be upon him mm-hmm. but also protects the truthfulness of all the all other the prophets, prophets yeah. including Jesus True. Moses Abraham Prophet Adam etc etc right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, so this is this is the thing right um, I mean uh, yeah as you said uh, there are some teaching as well that people think and uh, I mean they rightly think that they are not applicable in this society for example uh, it's a famous verse in the in New Testament that if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn your other cheek. Yeah. Now, if some priest or you know uh, come and he wouldn't offer his cheek, hmm. to, 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 you know, just, just anyone can slap. Yep. So I mean, these kind of teachings are not, in my opinion, applicable 
and uh, maybe they were applicable in those times when the Jesus uh, like 2000 years ago but now it's not applicable and in contrast Islam says that you can take revenge but if you forgive and if you feel that forgiveness make a good you know a positive change in that person then you can forgive as well so it's a middle way so so i believe that because of these kind of teaching and because of the the concept which is against the nature or against the you know against the human intellect yeah. when people see see clear contradiction then they believe there may be you know the religion is god forbid is false or uh, so yeah. just a cult but th- th- those mm. beliefs for that time was right mm-hmm. the reason is because moses uh, the, the israelites when they were oppressed mm-hmm. when they were slaves mm-hmm. they had to fight against the oppression mm-hmm. they had to flee mm-hmm. right there was no other option right so they had to become you know um uh, brave mm-hmm. and they had to fight against the, the injustices that were happening sure. so the moses belief was if teeth for teeth eye for eye right so if you if someone you know takes your eye take their eye or if mm-hmm. someone punches you at, you know then punch him back right so this was the teaching at that time which was perfectly fine for the israelites mm-hmm. right but you know big and and that 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 stayed for them for a while when they had this jesus came to soften the feelings of people then right. they, then he said that look you know yes it was applicable for the time of of moses and in and after but now because people have you know there is no need for that mm-hmm. now in order to win hearts um it is it is better for you that you become very very soft you forgive people yeah. you, you forgive people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now the reason why we are talking about god and his existence is because we have seen a a, a, a rise in in um, in people who are becoming more and more detached from god almighty mm-hmm. right and when you look at atheists um they you know reject overall the existence of god Uh, and they say that if you can't see god mm-hmm. who has created the entire universe right then we don't believe in him <laughs> right? right well you know this is something which you know is debatable of course that um there are many things mm-hmm. we don't see i'm breathing because of oxygen i don't see it right but i need it mm-hmm. i need god i don't see him but i still need him right yeah. because he is the one who can write you know guide me in the right path and 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 um oxygen is something that we need mm-hmm. but god is providing that mm-hmm. for us without you know even asking for it mm-hmm. right uh so you know i i remember during the covid times mm-hmm. there was a a person from uh, i believe a elderly person from italy and it was affected by covid and so basically he had his treatment and after the treatment the nurse came and said uh, this is your bill and looked at the bill and um, he started crying and 
the nurse was a bit confused and said, "Okay, is it you know the probably crying because because of the amount, right? Right?" And the person said, "I don't. I'm not crying because." I've just received a bill. Uh-huh. No, I'm crying that for, and I believe it was above 70 or 75, let's say, right? Uh-huh. 75 years, I've never needed oxygen. Wow. Right? I've never asked for oxygen. I mean, I've never asked for oxygen and God was providing it for, to me for free. For uh-huh. free. Right. Now, just for a few days, I've receiving oxygen, uh-huh. right? From the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. right that just reminded me how merciful how giving god almighty is that he's been providing every single thing we need in our lives without even us you know asking for it and every single thing we have in this world is is for the benefit of human humanity and in every single thing we will see that there is a creator and who have created the whole universe mm-hmm. has actually made it for us so that we can create ourselves in order to you know, sustain in this world right absolutely i mean um you know we're talking about the existence of god and uh, about the living of god yeah. in the holy quran allah almighty say that matara fi khalqi rahmani min tafawut that you're not you will not find a flaw in the creation of rahman yeah. the merciful one So uh, you were talking about when you're talking about oxygen I was thinking that you know uh, if there was no creator how come that you know it can happen that you know we may have oxygen but we do not have a lungs hmm. so the coordination between uh, the each um, parts of the body and then uh, on one hand we have oxygen and on the other hand we have a lungs to absorb that oxygen hmm. on one hand uh we have like eyes and on the other hand god almighty create the sun in order to see because yeah. without the light or, or we cannot see hmm. you know the the things and on one hand we have ears and on the other hand god almighty created wind and so the voice can travel through the wind so all of these you know things you know makes us think that there is a designer yeah. of this world and it, we believe that there that that is god but uh, obviously for some people these proofs are not enough but it's not enough i mean yeah. every single thing we have is a blessing of god almighty right, right? Mm-hmm. i was just you know discussing uh, talking to my brother mm-hmm. and uh, you know he knew a point a very beautiful point that i never pondered upon uh-huh. and um, he's younger than me mm-hmm. um so he was just given an example of our eyebrows okay right so i never thought of you know why we have eyebrows and just thought okay what if we didn't have any eyebrows uh-huh. uh, the first thing that would come into your mind is well, what is it what what if you don't have an eyebrow <laughs> yes i was remembering a character from the movie harry potter <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> so have we eyes look, we will look <laughs> very yeah. we will look very bad isn't very it very bad and very you know horrific yeah i was uh, what was his name I, i can't remember his name the 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 villain in the movie I don't remember uh, in Harry Potter. So he doesn't remember. have eyebrows and he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. his face looking very So odd. it would it would look very different, very different isn't it? Yeah. Okay. But that's fine. I mean some mm. people might have very very thin yeah. eye- eyebrows but you know but that's not the thing, right? Mm. You will look a uh, different. Okay? Right. Very very different. But then uh, we were just discussing and he was saying that if we did not have any eyebrows mm. what will happen is the salted um 
uh, sweat that that oh. comes from our ha- you know forehead mm-hmm. that will directly go into our eyes. Okay. And our eyes will hurt instantly. So the eyebrows basically stops and prevents the, uh, the the our sweat which is mm. salted to go straight into our eyes. So we'll okay. go and stop here and by the time it comes here you realize uh, to, to your eyebrows you uh-huh. realize that okay it's there so I need to get rid of the, okay. the thing because it's feeling uncomfortable. Nice. But if it comes straight to your eyes uh-huh. you know, it will hurt. Yeah. So look at this small oh. detail of our creation mm-hmm. right of 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 our you know of the, the way God Almighty has yeah. created and us. And even our eyelashes you know If you don't yeah. have them, yeah. first of all, we're going to look very ugly. And secondly, you know, uh, well, I usually cycle to the mosque, right? right? And uh, if there was no, you know, um, uh, eyelashes or, you know, there was no, um, what you call it, the skin on, on the eyes, mm-hmm. if there was no skin, then, uh, you know, everything, you know, the bees and, you know, small creatures can yeah. go into our eyes. Mm-hmm. So I, when, when you, you know, when you realize these things, then... Uh, you know you f- in your heart is certain kind of you know uh, f- uh, feeling of amazement and that you know uh, uh, he's the best of the designer he is yeah um, so this yeah. is one mm-hmm. of his um attributes as well mm-hmm. you know we know that the holy quran presents 99 attributes in the holy quran mm. and uh, and and one of his attributes is his the designer but not just the designer but the best of the designers right, right. so every single thing which we find in the nature mm-hmm. is made perfect True. there's no defect in it mm-hmm. and and when we look at the perfection of it mm-hmm. then we realize that indeed the creative behind this mm-hmm. right must be perfect right right and and in the holy quran in chapter 2 verse 256 mm-hmm. god almighty says that allah there is no god but he he is the living mm-hmm. he is the self subsist, uh, subsisting and all sustaining mm-hmm. slumber seizes him not nor the sleep to him belongs whatsoever is in the heavens and whatsoever ever is in the earth mm-hmm. so that these are just few um you know attributes of god almighty which is um mentioned in, in which which i just have have mentioned but um i mean i, I if you've quickly i've just reminded one of a very beautiful story mm-hmm. of uh, you know we're, we're talking about the design talking about the you know existence of god and uh, god who still speaks yeah uh, to to his servants Uh, so I was reading a story of Imam Abu Hanifa. Right. Once he was uh, having a debate uh, um, to an atheist who was very famous at that time. Mm-hmm. And the time and date was set, you know. Yeah. So the people all, they were gathered on, hmm. the, on, the, you know, on the occasion and on, on that specific place. And, uh, you know, the, the atheist, he turned up. But uh, Imam Abu Hanifa, uh, rahmatullahi, he, he, uh, he doesn't turn up on time. Yep. And uh, like after like for some time, uh, you know, people uh, think that uh, has Imam Abu Hanifa, he's afraid of him and th- that's why he didn't come. But when people were, you know, about to leave the place, so suddenly what they saw that Imam Abu Hanifa were coming, he's, com- he's coming to the uh, to debate the atheist. Right. And uh, the atheist said to him that, you know, what kind of Imam you are, you should keep your words, you should come on time, you know. 
and uh, look i'm on the time here and you're very late and people are very you know mm-hmm. upset mm-hmm. so he was he, he he tells him that i'm very sorry that i'm late but what happened is when when i was coming here uh, there's a river which i had to cross mm-hmm. and there was no ship uh, so i was waiting for a ship so uh, and ship can come and so i can sit on it and cross that uh, yeah. river or yeah. whatever is it so he said that i was sitting and what i saw suddenly that you know there was a tree and he chopped itself yeah. and that they that the, the the branches they become planks by itself yeah. and then somehow that planks become you know uh, turned into a ship right and then uh, that that you know ship come to me and I, as as you know as soon as i uh, uh, step on the ship it start sailing by itself right and then you know uh, it go i got here mm-hmm. so he laughed it you know, to the mom hori fan said that you call yourself imam and you're talking about these you know silly things how can ship become you know can build by itself yeah so the imam who believe for very politely answer to him that you believe a simple ship cannot build itself so how this universe full of stars yeah. how you know this earth you know everything is created by itself mm. so he lost that to page so you know very simple thing if if we simply think to was a thing then we can realize that there is a creator and there should be a creator and then through prayers we can you know uh we can have a relationship with our creator a living relationship yeah i mean a very beautiful example i mean just the logical person who would think that if there is a creator of everything we see around us mm-hmm. everything literally everything then what about the whole universe mm-hmm. there must be a creator behind it as well isn't it okay. i mean Islam is a religion that believes in a living God. When we ponder upon the creation ourselves, our creation as in how we are built, mm-hmm. every single thing will find God. But in order for us to be confirmed mm-hmm. or to actually experience God and through experience you can say that yes indeed God exists, right? We you know the the we need to pray to him but we can only pray and uh, you know um expect an answer from him if you believe that he is a living god isn't it True. so if you don't believe that he speaks to anyone mm-hmm. right he is just there he has created everything and that's it then how would you you know even experience god and experiencing god which many millions of people do you know day to day ahmadis as well as in ahmadi muslims many muslims many people in faith many people even who don't have faith right. you know when they ask for a guidance to god or when they even just you know feel like okay i need to know if there is god or not right when even to those people god reveals to to mm-hmm. them right mm-hmm. in many ways right and i want to quote a very beautiful actually two couplets two quotations of the promised messiah the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community where he speaks about finding god mm-hmm. right he says come i'll tell you about where the living god is <coughs> and which nation he is with he's with islam right now islam is like the tower of moses so basically the mountain of moses mm-hmm. where god almighty is speaking 
as you know that you know Moses went to the mountain and God um, manifested himself and showed him through a bush with fire right mm-hmm. but that was just the way he wanted to express mm-hmm. you know he wanted to show himself but God is everywhere so he, right mm-hmm. so that God who's, who used to speak to prophets and then became silent today he speaks in the heart of the Muslims right and uh, another place he further you know says that a living faith is that through which we can find the living God the living God he is who can make us a direct recipient of revelation or could at least bring us in contact with one who has been a direct recipient of revelation I convey this good news to the whole world that God of Islam is such a living God <laughs> so um, I mean you know the promised Messiah has basically explained us that the living God if you truly want to find him then in order to do that find him through the Holy Quran and the teachings of Islam when you try to find him through Islam you eventually enter Islam because you actually find God right and Islam is the only religion that says that in order to find him you don't need anyone else to mm. communicate with that God because he's living and he tells that whoever prays to me I answer him right, right. which is uh, in the Holy Quran as well right where God Almighty says that you ask I answer mm. and this is one of the best ways you can find about God so why not give a try why not um, try to find God doesn't matter if you're a Muslim a non-Muslim whatever faith you belong to doesn't matter if you don't even believe in God why don't you just try in mm-hmm. your own way mm-hmm. right and find out if he actually you know um, uh, exists or not and I'm sure that if you do it sincerely if you try to find him you will definitely, definitely. you know see his mm-hmm. signs um, we have a guest for this hour as well who is Sofian Farouki who is a professional uh, IT s- uh, he is in the professional IT software industry um, he's also a active member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community previously he used to live in the US now he lives in the UK and he has been in the last year been appointed as the national assistant secretary for publication for the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in the UK and also a regular presenter on Voice of Islam so you would probably have heard his voice earlier as well um, uh, and and he is um, so he's been presenting in Pathway to Peace are uh, also in the new review of religion radio program as well so with this intro i would like to welcome sofian farouki assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the drive time show walaikum salam pleasure to be here pleasure to have you on um uh, brother sofian um so we are discussing about the existence of god does he exist or not um so with your own experience, um, has God ever communicated with you in any sorts of ways or given you a message of warning? How would you, you know, 
say that you have experienced God in order to tell people, um, especially those people who are curious or those people who maybe want to try out if he actually exists or not? Yeah, so this is a very good question. I mean, as far as has God ever communicated with me, um, I would say yes, he has. So I want to give one example here. Uh, some years ago, my wife's uncle, after traveling abroad, became very ill. And he started to have some issues with his throat. Now, I myself am not a doctor, a medical professional, or a homeopath of any sort. Um, so I didn't have any ideas as to which medication he should take. We were scrambling as a family to find something that would help my wife's uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, but we hadn't come across anything. Okay, so uh, some time went by. And uh, one evening uh, I fell asleep. And during the evening I had a dream. Mm-hmm. And in this dream, I saw a random name of a medication which I had never heard before in my life. Wow. And even in the dream, it was spelt in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But it gave me the gist of what the medication was. So wow. as I mentioned before, he had an issue with his throat. He, uh, was he had certain symptoms. And I saw, the, I saw in the dream somebody writing, or either I was writing or something, but I was writing the name of the medication. And the name of the medication was Causticum. Mm -hmm. right. So I, I woke up, and I immediately turned to my wife, and I, I woke her up, and I said, have you looked up the medication Causticum? <laughs> and my wife was like, what do you mean causticum? What is that? <laughs> I'm like, it's a medication. Like, and the first first book we went to was uh, the fourth caliph's book of homeopathy because we had that available. Right. Mm. And my wife searched up the name causticum in the book. Okay. And firstly, we realized that in my dream it was spelled wrong. So, but we ignored that fact and we read the symptoms of and the uh, what what the description of what causticum is used for. Uh -huh. And it matched exactly what my wife's uncle was experiencing. Wow. So in the, I believe that this was God guiding us to the correct method and ways to treat my wife's uncle. So this is one example. Wow. I mean, um, so you never heard of this name, but you just saw yourself writing this name and then you just said it as you were writing in your dream to your wife, right? I mean, this is such a, a beautiful dream. Mm. Um, um, beautiful. I mean, have you, in, you know, we are always reminded that um, we should um, uh, pray to God Almighty for every single thing we need. And even at one occasion, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of the Papa and him, he also said that um, even if you need laces for your shoes, then you should even pray for that. So, with your own experience, have you ever, you know, experienced, apart from this, of course, um, any other uh, experiences where, where you could say that whenever you pray, God listens to you and He has, you know, um, answered your questions, as answered yeah, your, your prayers? As far as personal experience of God listening to me, again, I think the the issue is you have to, 
you have to look for these signs, right? Because obviously anybody can say this is just a coincidence. Yeah. Right. But what, what, what you have to understand about coincidences is coincidence could happen once, maybe twice. But if something happens over and over again, then you can no longer call it a coincidence. Mm. So if, uh, so I'll give you another example. And this is the second of, of, uh, such experiences. So this wasn't the first time this has happened. It happened once many years ago when I was living in Los Angeles. But I'll give you a more recent example. Pre-COVID, 2018, me and my wife were blessed with our third child, mm-hmm. a son. And 2018, obviously, was just before uh, COVID pandemic. 2019, the COVID pandemic hit. Many people were affected by this pandemic. Uh, they there was job losses. There was people placed on furloughs. There was people getting sick, going hospital. I was one of the ones that was unfortunately at the time placed on furlough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a couple of years ago purchased a home, mm-hmm. and when we purchased the home, our financial situation was okay, and we had said that we would uh, wait a few years, and then after some time, we would. Uh, inshallah improve our home mm-hmm. with right. uh, God willing right. but this set us back quite a bit and obviously we uh, the only thing we could turn to was God uh, because as Muslims were taught that when, when, when whether you're in good or bad you, you turn to God yep. mm-hmm. so uh, we were in a situation with furlough where our monthly costs were not being met our house needed repair uh, and it was just a, a, a very, very uh, dire situation. And, and I must say, it was a bit worrying. But we had faith in Allah Ta'ala that He would resolve this issue. And by through prayers, uh, the situation turned around uh, with the grace of God uh, quite quickly in retrospect. At the time, it felt like forever. Hmm. But in retrospect, it, it turned around quite quickly. The, I was blessed with a, a, a higher income, and within three months of getting a new job, I was able to start building my extension. Wow. So, I mean, like I said, at the time it felt like a long time, but in retrospect, it, it happened very quickly, and the situation turned completely opposite hmm. to where I was on furlough, I could barely afford my monthly expenses, to where Allah Ta'ala blessed me enough to where I could meet my monthly expenses and then also build an extension and, and expand my home. So Alhamdulillah, this is another example of where uh, God answered my prayers. And as I said, there was a similar, not the same circumstances, but a similar situation happened some time ago when I was living in the U.S. as well. Not related to COVID or furlough, but around losing my job. Mm-hmm. And at, even then... By praying to God, I was able to double my income at that time as well. Wonderful. Um, I mean, there are many who are listening to us who might not know how Muslims pray. Or so, could you tell our listeners how we pray, or how you, in fact, uh, pray to God? Yeah, so as Muslims, the way we communicate, as you've mentioned, to God is through prayer. Mm-hmm. And the, we are instructed to do this five times a day. Now, you some may be wondering, why so many times? Why do you have to pray five times a day? Why not just once? Why not just once a year and that's enough? 
So the way that I like to explain it uh, is that if you want to build a relationship with anyone, you have to call them, you have to make effort, you have to email them, talk to them, call them, go meet them, go see them. The same is the case with God. Right. If you want a relationship with God, then you have to communicate with Him regularly and often. Mm -hmm. If you maintain that relationship with God, then when you need help, your friend, God, will be there for you. But if, if in a worldly sense, if I don't talk to my friend, if I don't make an effort, if I don't go see my friend, then when I need help, that friend may or may not come to my rescue. Mm -hmm. But if I have a good relationship with him, if you have a very good friend, a very good friend, people say is somebody that you can pick up the phone, call at 2 a.m., and he'll come and do right. whatever you need right. him or her to do. Mm -hmm. So the same is the case with God. And as Muslims, the way we communicate with God is we pray five times a day, and we do this so that we can build that relationship with our Creator so that when our time of need comes, obviously we're not doing it just for that purpose. We're doing it to build a friendship and a relationship. But the side effect of that is when you run into situations and hardships in life, then you have a friend. And this friend has the power to do anything and everything that you can even imagine. Uh -huh. Things that you can't even imagine, God can do. Hmm. So a human being is limited in his capacity. God is unlimited. Hmm. Hmm. So this is why we pray and how we pray. Right. Fantastic. So, Svensa, uh, we believe that God listens to our prayers. But, you know, sometimes it happens that, or uh, sometimes there are certain situations where God doesn't listen to all of our prayers or some of our prayers. Yeah. This is, a, this is another very good question. Hmm. But here it's important to uh, look at the distinction between listening uh -huh. and accepting. Right. They're two different things. So right. me as an Ahmadi Muslim believe that God hears all my prayers. And my uh, religion also teaches me that God loves me more than my own parents love me. Right. So with this in mind... My parents, I know, have my best interest at heart, no matter what. So as a child, if I wanted to stick my hand in a fire, my parents would stop me. Mm -hmm. Because sticking my hand in a fire would cause me greater harm and di greater distress. I would get the gratification of, oh, my parents are allowing me to do this, but they would still stop me from doing it. So God hears my prayers, I believe. God right. hears every prayer. But I also believe that God has my best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. So he's only going to accept that prayer and grant me something if it is good for me. Right. Right. If it is not good for me, then I, I want my God, I want my Allah mm -hmm. to stop me from going in that direction, from stop me sticking my hand in that fire. So if we That's go back right. to the example I gave mm -hmm. about the job situation, God could have easily granted me any job, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's within his power to grant me any job. But I believe that God granted me the best job that was there for me. He didn't just grant me the first one that came up, even though at the time maybe I wanted that job that I had applied for initially, but I didn't get. I could say, okay, God didn't listen to me. God mm -hmm. listened to me, but God had something better in mind for me. So he presented me eventually with something better and something that was best for me. 
Right. Maybe if I had gotten that other job, then I wouldn't have been able to build the extension. But because I was patient and I prayed and I uh, continued to be steadfast, God granted me a job to where after three months, I could immediately start expanding my house. Mm-hmm. So this is the difference between listening and accepting. God listens to everything, but out of His love and kindness, He only accepts those prayers which He feels are good for His servants. And I believe that that, that is the type of relationship I want with God, who I believe is all-knowing, all-aware of everything. So He would have the most knowledge of what is good and for me. Right, right. Um so, Sufian, as you mentioned previously, you know, some people think that, you know, uh, if your prayer are accepted like uh, once or twice, that could be, a, you know, coincidence. How do you answer those those people? It goes back to the same thing that I said earlier, mm-hmm. where you can say it's a coincidence once, you can say it's a coincidence twice, but if it happens over and over and over again, right. then you can no longer call it a coincidence. We have had... Uh, Islam says that there's been over 124,000 prophets, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, in this world. Mm -hmm. Each and every prophet that comes, and this is documented, each and every prophet that comes and has prayed has had their prayers accepted. So there's so many examples. These these, um, uh, books can be purchased. So we Mm -hmm. have, you mentioned at the top of your show, you talked a little bit about the annual convention that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Now I want to, if I may, invite... Uh, your listeners to uh, visit the bookstall at the annual convention of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And at the bookstall, you will find hundreds, if not thousands of books Mm -hmm. that talk about the topic of God and God's existence. And these are the proofs that uh, of the prophets and of the, the caliphs that have come uh, and, and the present, even the present caliph, He's written many books on this topic, right. uh, and this year we're also. Last year we introduced this idea of bundles, mm-hmm. so we have books on different topics. Right. So in one of the bundles, there is a very good book by the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community called "The Ten Proofs for the Existence of God." Okay. So for somebody who's completely unsure about if God exists or not, a good place to start is this documented record. Uh, in the form of a book to read about the acceptance of prayers from from people before, from the prophets of God, from the caliphs that have been sent in history, and they can attain this knowledge. And also, if I may, just one more thing, uh, there's a interesting exhibition being put on this year by the Review of Religions mm-hmm. around this same topic, okay. around the existence of God. Okay. And in this exhibition, they're going to have uh, physical things. I don't know the details. It's, it's, it's supposed to be really good and it's supposed to be a surprise, but it's going to help. It's called the Existence Project. Okay. So, so the whole purpose of this is to prove to people that God does in fact exist. So I invite your listeners to both the bookstall at, at the annual convention to purchase books around this and also to visit the Review of Religions exhibition and experience uh, the existence project firsthand to help them understand uh, and solidify their belief in the existence of God. Thank you. Uh, that's a fantastic way to publicity uh, your publicize your you know bookstore. <laughs> so, uh, so the, the last question uh, you know, Fiansab, uh, is in this day and age, people say you know since we cannot see God, so therefore he 
did not exist. Now, how can we prove uh, that this theory is wrong? You can't see something, it doesn't exist. That's the initial argument. Yeah. But how many things in this world can I not see mm-hmm. that exist? Mm-hmm. Uh, the air I'm breathing right now, I can't see it. Right. But I know it exists. Mm-hmm. The radio waves that are being transmitted for this radio program and me talking to you, the, my voice is being carried uh, through the airwaves. Mm-hmm. But you can't see those airwaves um, unless I have the correct instrument. Mm-hmm. So if I have a DAB radio and I turn on my DAB radio, even though there's no wires connected running from your studios in South London to my home, mm-hmm. I can still hear you and that those airways are traveling through the air. So All just right. because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You just need the correct instrument. So when it comes to God, as uh, I've mentioned from my personal examples in the answers to previous questions, if you have the correct instruments, mm-hmm. then yes, you can experience God firsthand. One of those instruments is prayer right. and God communicating with you. God can communicate with you and will communicate with you when the time is right and when it is appropriate. He's communicated uh, through dreams, through visions. And there again, this is all documented uh, for people to read about how God communicated with the prophets. And then uh, there's many, many members. I mean, I'm, I'm no one, mm-hmm. but there's many members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community specifically that I can uh, testify for that have experienced God firsthand. And this is the, the whole thing around um, what I mentioned earlier about these books and the, the Review of Religions project at this year's uh, Jalsa. You just need the correct instrument right. and you can experience God yourself. So just because you can't see it, you can't dismiss it. You have mm-hmm. to find the correct instrument. And if, even if you can't do that, okay, don't even find the correct instrument for God, but just look at the world around you. Right. Look at a flower. Look at a fly. There's an example in the Holy Quran about, you know, if, if you guys have the power, uh, if man has the power to create something, even as small as a fly, to try their best to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm I, paraphrasing there. That's not the exact verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is, that even if you look around you in the world at the solar system, the planets, the stars, the sun, these are all floating. How are they floating? How are they all staying in orbit? Right. Naturally, everything gravitates towards what they call atrophy uh, in, in science, where mm-hmm. everything goes towards chaos. Mm-hmm. But everything is kept in order. Everything is kept straight. Uh, everything is, is uh, created in a perfect fashion. So how can, if just by looking at the world around you, that in itself is proof that there must be a higher power, there must be a supreme being, and that is a visible testimony of the existence of God in front of you. Thank you so much, uh, Sufyan Furkisai, for your uh, time and for your you know, uh, spiritual incidents and for your insight on this topic. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's Thank been a so pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so this was um, Sufyan Farooqi, who is a professional uh, IT software. He works in the professional IT software industry and also a very active member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Um, he works uh, in the national, um, he is a national assistant secretary for publication for the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in the UK. Also a presenter, as I said, um, at Voice of Islam. and wonderful uh, you know answers mm-hmm. we have received from uh, brother sufyan 
Um, and these are the things we wanted to discuss as well. And Absolutely. he beautifully has answered the questions. Yeah. And one thing I had in my mind mm-hmm. that I want to, you know, tell our listeners is that if you, you know, just want to look at the existence of God Almighty, you simply look at the lives of the prophets. True. Right? When you look at the pro- lives of the prophets, you cannot deny that they've n- never existed. Mm-hmm. Right, all the all the religions from around the corners, right, right, even before you know humans when they were not communicating with each other from different continents, they had the same belief that there is a creator, mm-hmm. and all of them received prophets. So just the life of the prophets, and if you look at the history of the prophets, that's a proof of the existence of God. Absolutely. You know the miracles that happened. Um, the 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 prayers that they prayed, uh, the prophecies that they did, you know that coming to a fruition, or the and their prophecy that comes to um, the truthfulness, right? That's also a truthfulness of the existence of God. So just the existence of prophets is enough for us mm-hmm. to understand that there is indeed a. Absolutely. A God. I mean, if you look towards history and all of the prophets. Yeah. Which came, uh, you know, previously, like Noah, yeah, and he was a humble man, you know, and uh, still he overcomes. Uh, no peace be upon him. He overcome uh, comes on on his enemies, yeah, right. And similarly, if we talk about Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi yeah, he was a humble man, you know. No, he doesn't have a, you know, a really a, a worldly, uh, you know, status, mm-hmm. but still. He he won against Namrud, who was a ruler at that time. Yeah, who throwed him in the fire, fire and yeah. God Almighty, you know, you know, disappeared the fire in order to save him. Right, right. right. And then we talk about you know, uh, you know, a, a living God saved Joseph, peace be upon him, yeah. from an you know apparently certain death and miraculously gave him respect, honor, and power. Yeah. Then if we look towards Moses, peace be upon him. Right. You know, uh, uh, his enemy was Pharaoh. Yeah. And he wanted to kill uh, Moses, peace be upon him, and then ending up die dying in the sea. You know, he, he drowned in the sea. And similarly, Prophet, you know, Jonah, he lives. He he was alive in the belly of the whale. So all of these situations, if you look, on the one hand, prophets of God with no worldly power, yeah. but they still overcome their enemies, yeah. who have a worldly power of uh, immense worldly power. Hmm. They can do whatever they want, but still, they lost at the end. So, uh, the prophets of God is the ultimate proof of existence of God, and that is why Allah the Almighty said in the Holy Quran that "Katab Allahu wa Yes. That I have written that me and my prophets will prevail yeah. over their enemies. So, and that is the exi- the the proof of yeah. the existence of God. Right. That I am a living God. Doesn't matter whatever you do against my prophet, I will make it happen. Mm-hmm. Through my prophets, it doesn't matter how powerful the the opposition is or how powerful the the leader of that country is or goes against the prophet, isn't it? True, true. And then we look if we look towards the life of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Look at the situation when he was migrating to Makkah to Medina and mm-hmm. he was hiding in in a cave of Sor, and the his enemies were just you know few steps in front of him and they couldn't. You know, see the Holy Prophet. They, they were literally in they, front of the cave. Right. 
And, and uh, the prophet says that, you know, I can literally see their, their feet. They yeah. were just so close to me, I can hear their, or what they are talking. Do you remember what happened in the, in the, in the thing? So prophet and uh, his best friend, Abu Bakr, right. uh, <coughs> may Allah be his helper, um, t- they went into the cave, mm-hmm. right? And in just a, a few moments, um, a bird came mm-hmm. and made a nest over mm-hmm. there, just in a very short time. Mm-hmm. And similarly, um, spider a spider came who made uh, webs well, over the the whole thing, over the mouth the entrance, of the cave, mouth of the yeah. cave right? <laughs> and any person who would look into any cave, mm-hmm. they would say that no, this no one has entered this cave because. Mm-hmm. If someone has entered or uses this, uh, you know, this cave, then the, the the clear the 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 entrance of it would be clear. I mean, if, if you look towards another man angle, if you just lean down and just look towards the cave, yeah, you can see the prophet. Yeah, right? yeah they could. Yeah, but, so you know, but they could see yeah. see them, but mm. they didn't see inside because yeah. God, you know, protected them. Mm. God saved them, yeah. and this is how God saves His prophets. Right. And similarly, with when it comes to Jesus, mm-hmm. God did not want Him to die on the cross. God wanted Him to stay alive. So that's why, you know, God, you know, survived, You know, saved Him mm-hmm. from the cursed death, where you know they broke the bones of the other two mm-hmm. um, uh, people who were with Him, mm-hmm. but they didn't break His bones. Absolutely. And, and he, you know, the moment he, you know, his head fell down, it, that was because of the tiredness and because of the vinegar wine that they gave to him. Oh, right? Unconsciousness. He fell and unconscious. so he fell unconsciously. And this is how God Almighty again yeah. protected his prophet, you know, from being killed, and especially from being killed and and being labeled as a cru- as a, a cursed prophet, God forbid. And if you look towards the, you know, Bible, he actually prophesied about himself that he will be, you know, saved from the cursed death. Yeah. So he said to, to the, you know, uh, I believe the Pharisees, they come to him and they said, show us a sign. Yeah. And he said that I will not show you a sign, but a sign of Jonah. Yes. As he lived three days and three nights in the belly of Phil. Yeah. So the son of man will live three days and three nights in the hearts, in the heart of the earth. Yeah. So if you look to the, and he, he was uh, talking in a parable. So if you look that Jonah, he actually, uh, you know, go alive in the belly of the whale and come out alive. He was attempt to be killed. Yeah. But God Almighty saved him in the belly of the the whale. whale. But and he came out L- alive. alive. Never was yeah. he w- was he killed. Absolutely. Similarly, Jesus was attempted to be killed on the cross, but God Almighty saved him, mm. and he you know he kept him afterwards in the the the, the earth Sp- as in, yeah. in the in 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 the tomb kind of thing in the tomb yeah. right which was underneath yeah. the ground mm-hmm. he stayed there for 3 days and 3 nights and he came out alive mm-hmm. and this is exactly what he said mm-hmm. a, a prophet doesn't contradict whatever of of whatever he informs from god almighty i would like to thank all the you know listeners for listening to us and i hope i've done justice to it and i would also like to thank Taiba, nasir aisha nasim and saad ahmed for producing today's show